Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Breathe in me, Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I may love what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I may always be holy. Amen. May the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. That was a prayer written back in the rather year 400 or so by St. Augustine. And today, it's uh, President's Day. It's also Monday, and so Mom is with us. Good, good morning, Mom. Good morning. So you wanted to talk about preparing for Lent, correct? Yes, I think it's a good time to do that since it's so close. Okay. We're two days away. Uh, this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. And um, so I think I think a good Lent is one that one prepares for. Uh, like, for instance, we go on vacation. We spend time preparing for that and anticipating it. So I think it's a good time now to prepare our hearts for Lent and for Easter. Mm-hmm. So uh, Lent is 40 days minus the Sundays. Uh, with the Sundays, it's 46. So 40 days is minus the Sundays. There's always, always so much controversy about that. Um, Sunday is like a little mini feast day. So do you, whatever you do for Lent, do you not do it on Sunday? That's correct. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, so Lent is an opportunity to renew our faith. And I think a good goal for us would be to make this Lent different than our other Lent. Um, our Blessed Mother says in Medjugorje that uh, we're at a crossroad. And that was in her latest message. So if we're at a crossroad, this, this has to be a meaningful Lent for us. Um, there's many graces offered right during Lent. So it's uh, good for us to scoop up those graces and, uh, you know, change the face of the earth. Um, so we can also, I think, prepare our homes physically for it. For instance, if you have a little prayer corner, you can put a purple cloth on that space just to remind a reminder that it's Lent. You can put out a picture of the agony in the garden or the crucifixion. I have a cross that has thorns on it. It's not a crucifix, it's just a cross, but it has thorns all over it. And I get it out every Lent. You can put holy water by the door if you don't do it normally. So there's things we can do physically uh, just to get us started. So as Catholics, we're encouraged to focus on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And so um, we'll take a look at those three things. Anything you'd like to say about getting ready for Lent? Well, um, I don't know. It just seems like we're in such a different time. Mm. I mean, I know we had COVID that was different too, but but now with this war is going on and on and on, and it seems to be escalating, and now we've got the weird balloon things crossing into the country. 
So I, I don't know. I just have a feeling it's going to be a very penitential end. Yeah, I have that feeling too. Um, so, um, you know, uh, it's time to, it's, it's a good time for us to look at ourselves and see aspects of ourselves that are less than Christ-like. I mean, let's face it, we aren't always at our best. So, um, it, Lent begins on what is, what is called Fat Tuesday, which would be tomorrow. And it's, it's the day before Ash Wednesday. It's also the day of Mardi Gras which has gotten completely out of control. New Orleans is known for its huge celebration and parade. Uh, it's it's uh, gotten to be like the uh, half times at the Super Bowl. Uh, it really isn't uh, children friendly anymore. So the idea of it in the beginning was to eat rich foods because during Lent you would be fasting so much. I don't know if people even fast anymore, you know, except a remnant. Mm. So at any rate, a Fat Tuesday has kind of lost its meaning because fewer and fewer people uh, take Lent seriously. So another suggestion that I might offer is to ask your saint for the year to accompany you during this Lent. And if you don't have a saint that you picked for the year, pick one just to walk through Lent with you. So let's take a look at prayer. Um, prayer is... Uh, drawing closer to God, being more open to him. But you can also say it's a conversation with God. Uh, we can do formal prayers, but we can also just talk with him. So the first thing we can do is place ourselves in his presence as we begin to pray. And we need to spend time with him every day if we want to grow closer to him, just like in our other relationships. And, of course, a rosary every day. I mean, Our Lady has been asking for that at all her apparitions. And um, as I've said before, I've seen and with people who pray the rosary every day, the graces just begin to flow, and from there it starts. Uh, another suggestion about prayer might be choose one of the Gospels and read it. Um, some of them are quite short, especially Mark. You could read the Sunday scriptures before Mass and reflect on them, and you can buy a book of daily reflections. But you should do something a little extra for Lent in the way of prayer. Any suggestions, Father? Well, a lot of those things people should be doing every day anyway. <laughs> well, and probably some, probably your listeners are. Yeah. Um, well, the, actually, Fat Tuesday was the end of the celebrating, but it is not part of Lent. No. Uh, Ash Wednesday begins Lent. And, and people probably don't know, but Mardi Gras, which is French for Fat Tuesday... Uh, it dates back to an ancient Roman festival honoring the pagan gods uh, Lupercalia and Saturnalia. So it's 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 pagan worship. Mm. So I mean, it does not, everything always goes back to the same old thing. It's the devil. Yeah, and all of the world is worshiping the devil. Um, I don't know. I think it would be best to ask the Lord what He wants for Lent. Yeah. So like go to church and sit in a pew when a mass is not happening and just sit before the tabernacle and say, what would you like me to do or to give up for Lent and see what the Lord says to you? Because that's whatever's most pleasing to God is going to be the best thing you can do for you. Well, that just reminds me, there was a Lent some years ago where I picked what I was going to do for Lent, whatever it was, 
And as Lent began and started to move along, I clearly heard the Lord say to me, I'd like you to give up knitting. And I was like, kind of dumbfounded. I said, what? You want me to give up knitting for Lent? And it was clear that's what he wanted. And I thought, that is the silliest thing I ever heard. And I used to sit every night and knit while the TV was on. And uh, so it seemed a very easy thing to give up. So I did. I gave it up. And I found it to be very hard because I was so used to doing it. And the next thing I noticed was that uh, I, I always made baby blankets. And there was always somebody who was having a baby, somebody I knew or somebody that was close to me. So I would go to a shower. I'd give the baby blanket. And you'd get a lot of praise. You know, so pride was coming in. Uh, and I hadn't noticed that. But once I gave it up, it was like, oh, because nobody else knits. So if you bring a homemade baby blanket to a baby shower, you get a lot of oohs and ahs. So um, that was a kind of a, an eye-opener. Um, but just to continue the story a little bit more, at the end of Lent, he, uh, God said to me that he'd like me to continue giving it up for a while. So I did. And it wound up to be a year that I gave up uh, knitting. And at that time, uh, my daughter's sister-in-law was having her first baby, Janine. And we all love Janine. She's a great person. And my daughter said to me, of course, you're going to make a baby blanket for Janine, right? I said, well, I really can't. <laughs> so she said, no, 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 this is Janine. You know, we, we, you've done for everybody else. We can't not do it for Janine. I said, well, I really can't do it right now. So there was some little controversy over that. But what happened at the end of the year, a friend of mine who was moving uh, called me up and said, could you please come over? I have something I want to give you. So I went over. She was moving in two days. She hadn't gotten everything packed yet. She was in a panic. She gave me this huge box. I mean, huge. And in it was all knitted garments, blankets, sweaters, hats, booties. And the, her grandmother had made them. And she said, my children um, aren't even married yet. And I, I can't take all this stuff with me moving. So I know you'll know who to give it to. So she gave me this big box. And I just laughed at God because... What he takes away, he gives you back in abundance. And um, Janine got more than a baby blanket. So true. That was an interesting lead. So, yes, it's a good idea to ask the Lord what he'd like you to do. But certainly whatever you do, it would be good to spend at least 15 minutes a day in prayer. Now, if this is something you don't do, 15 minutes is not a big, it's not hard to do. And it's better to do 15 minutes a day than to do, say, you know, two hours on a Friday afternoon. It's the daily returning to prayer and checking in with God that's so important. And it will establish a routine in your life. And this is a good routine. So maybe if you haven't done that yet, try to do that 15 minutes a day. You sit and quietly in prayer and listening to what God has to say. And, and I would add that try and be in a listening mode. Because yeah. uh, in, in, in vocal prayer, we do all the talking. But when you sit with the Lord, it's good to listen. Because if he has something to say, that's the only time he's going to get through to you because we live in such a noisy world. Mm -hmm. So the listening is important too. And, and to get rid of all the distractions for that 15 minutes. You know, don't bring your phone with you. Go to a spot when you're not going to be interrupted in the house. So all those little things. 
Yeah, and if you don't know how to do this, there's even some very good books you can get. Like Mitch Pacwa has a book called How to Listen When God is Speaking. So if, if you don't know how to do this, go get a, a good a good one. No, just pick any book, but a good one. Uh, how to Listen When God is Speaking, very good for learning how to, how to do contemplative prayer. Hmm. Oh, that sounds good. All right, let's talk a little bit about fasting. This is always a tough this, favorite. This is the tough topic for Americans. So fasting is emptying ourselves of what we want and asking God to fill us. And we live in a culture where food is readily available and it's very quickly available. So it's instant gratification versus fasting. Uh, very difficult for us. So just to give you the church's guidelines on the fasting, and the Catholics 14 and over do not eat meat on Ash Wednesday and all Fridays during Lent, including Good Friday. And this is called abstinence. So instead of meat, um, many Catholics choose to eat fish. And that there are many fish fries in parishes during Lent. Has your, has, do you, does your parish do that, fish fry? We do, but we don't do it every week. And you know, abstaining from meat is not fasting. You you can it's you, you can, yeah, but I mean you can have you know three four pieces of fish and and that's still mm -hmm. you're following the rule but you're not fasting right. So now I'm getting to fasting on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Catholics eighteen to fifty nine limit the amount of food they eat, and that's the fasting. Um, one the church calls for one full meal and two small meals that together do not equal a full meal. Which is how three-quarters of the planet eats normally. Yeah, but we don't. The poorer countries. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's such an easy thing. That is ridiculous. If you can't do that, no. that then you have a big problem. Unless you, you know, have a medical condition. Now, if you have a medical condition that affects your what you have to eat and when you have to eat, you're off the hook. But for the rest of us... That is a really easy thing to do. Two half meals, one whole meal. So when I was growing up, everybody fasted in between meals. There was no eating in between meals. And there was no desserts during Lent. Uh, it was, everybody did that. It was just yeah. a given. So, and, and, and there was fasting up till you went to church on Sunday. So if you went to the 12 o'clock mass, you couldn't eat till you went to the 12 o'clock mass. Oh, yeah, and there were a lot of people that used to faint because we didn't have air conditioning either. And besides the not eating and the heat, there were so many people fainted. I mean, it was 60 years ago where the culture was so different. So um, so we had those, uh, one big, one full meal and two smaller meals, and avoiding snacks on a normal day. Uh, exceptions off of the steak or if you're pregnant. So that's what the church asked for. Now, the Blessed Mother, she goes way, way beyond that. In Medjugorje, she asked for a fast of bread and water two days a week all year long. And I think we have forgotten how powerful fasting is because she's asking for it because it's powerful. And what's the purpose of fasting? Well, going without food for a couple of hours, we quickly see how weak we are. It strips away our arrogance and it tells the body that the spirit is in charge today. Uh, so it, fasting builds up our uh, being in charge of our appetite. It's not about self-improvement. It's not about dieting. Uh, a lot of people slip into that. 
Now, in addition to that, people also give up things like alcohol, sweets, chocolate, and desserts for the 40 days. And that's a good thing to do, too. And fasting can also be other things. It can be fasting from a bad habit, fasting from social media and replacing it with a rosary. It can be fasting from looking at your phone, just picking up and looking at it when there's nothing else to do. So that's, that's a big one, the fasting. The Bible um, spells out that there are specific benefits of fasting. So in Psalm 69, it says it produces humility. And 1 Samuel 7 says that fasting shows our sorrow for our sins, and it also clears a path to God. That's from Daniel 9.3. And in Ezra 8.21, it says it's a means of discerning God's will and a powerful method of prayer, mm. and, and it's a mark of true conversion. That's uh, John 1.2.12. Uh, but it also has health benefits, but it's not the same as dieting. Fasting is something spiritual and far more positive than dieting fasting you could say is a spiritual feast isn't that interesting mm. it does for the soul what food does for the body also uh, it, uh jesus said some spirits can only be cast out with prayer and fasting yep so it is it is a powerful tool and that brings us to almsgiving so that's a means of detaching from material things and giving it to those who need it. So during Lent, Catholics are called to donate money or goods to the poor, to perform acts of charity, and it should be something above what you already do, above what you already give. And uh, when I think of almsgiving, I think of the corporal and the spiritual works of mercy. Um, you know, you can just look there. So then I was thinking about other suggestions for myself as well. Um, you can pray for one person a day. You could pick out someone who needs prayer. And for the 40 days of Lent, pick out a person who needs prayer for that day. You can do 40 acts of kindness. You could do 40 days of letter writing to loved ones telling them what they mean to you. You could go to adoration more. And I like this one. You could write down in a journal one scripture a day that speaks to you for the 40 days. And then when dark days arrive, you could refer back to those scriptures, which you found uplifting when you wrote them. I mean, even if you were to have to go into a hospital or visit, suppose someone close to you is in the hospital and you have to go there every day and sit there, you could bring that journal and just go over those scriptures that meant so much to you for the 40 days. I, I think that would be a good thing. You could choose a Bible verse for Lent that will keep you inspired for the 40 days. I'm going to be praying for the conversion of sinners this Lent. Um, I think souls are in the balance here at this crossroad that we're at. And so I'm, I'm wondering where everybody is. You know, when I go to church, I'm like, where is everybody? Where are the young people? Um, I'm also going to be praying for people in our family who have left the church. Um, so... Um, also, in uh, a recent um, reading from Genesis, uh, the Lord saw how great was the ma was man's wickedness on earth, and he regretted that he had made man, and his heart was grieved. That just touched me. His heart was grieved. 
And so he must be looking at us now, and his heart must be grieving again. So Our Lady says she has the battle plan. This Lent is the time to put that battle plan into action. Um, this The soul's at stake. Um, and so um, we'll see how it goes. Um, a, lot of, a lot of choices there. Yeah, well, and all the excitement about fasting and giving things up, um, the almsgiving really has dropped off for most people's uh, to-dos for Lent. Um, and, and almsgiving, you know, it's literally giving money to the poor. So you can do that through your church. You can do that through specific charities. You can, you could actually just hand money to homeless people, but that always doesn't go well. Uh, but you could make little breakfast uh, baskets to give out on your way to work to certain people. I used to do that when I w- walked to work in Manhattan. I would always stop to get my bagel and coffee and then buy one for the one specific homeless guy. I got him breakfast every morning. But um, whatever you do for Lent, it should be above and beyond what you do the rest of the year. It's not in place of. Yeah. It's in addition to. Mother Teresa always said, uh, poverty should pinch it should hurt mm. so you're not again you're not giving your your leftovers or your your throwaways it should be you're giving your best remember Cain and Abel Abel's yeah. sacrifice yeah. was so pleasing because he gave his best mm. Cain's was not pleasing he just randomly threw whatever vegetables he had in so you got to give your best yeah we had a, a homeless woman in our previous parish, and she lived in her car, a real rundown car that was on its last leg. And it just, I mean, she just struck at my heart because I would think about her on a very cold night and wondering, how is she doing this? And how does she do it? I mean, I don't even know how she does it. Uh, But um, she was at mass every day. And uh, I don't know what the circumstances were that this happened, but that's, that's where she was. And she didn't want to go into any of these places, these shelters, because she had tried them and she didn't think that they were good. So she preferred to live in her car. But, uh, you know, parishioners were very kind to her. We had a snowstorm one year, and one of the men uh, said to her, you know, come to my home. My, my family wants you to come and spend the snowstorm with us. So for three days, she went to their home. So, you know, there's, look around. Just look around. There's, there's plenty of people that need help. When I lived up in Boston, there was a homeless woman that Father Tom let sleep in the choir loft. And in the mornings when I'd go over, sometimes I'd see her pop her head up when she st- heard us start praying. <laughs> and um, then, you know, I moved on and left and went off to seminary. But I, I, the next time I went back to visit him with some seminaries, I said, oh, you know, where's, where's the homeless lady? And he said, oh, you'll never believe it. She won lotto. Oh. She won millions of dollars, and she left, and she bought herself a giant Mercedes, and oh. we never we never heard from her again. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you think I don't know she would have good. come back to say thank you, right? No, yeah, I don't know if that's good or bad, especially if she was splurging already. <laughs> yeah, she might be back there again. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, although it's closed now. Well, we are closely coming to the end of the show. Um, final thoughts. I think 
we uh for lent if you haven't already picked something do pray and ask the lord but you know in particular we have to pray for our lady's intentions and she's constantly saying we have to pray for peace and this time uh, this time this year there's something coming for sure there is something coming for sure everybody can feel it and i'm telling you I, the people in my parish who are prayer warriors are getting clobbered clobbered with the demonic attacks so the hell is being emptied for some reason maybe all the sin is just drawing the demons out i don't know uh, just let me just let me read this one line from last month's uh, message from Medjugorje sure. on the 25th the future is at a crossroad because modern man does not want god that is why mankind is heading to perdition you little children are my hope so she's counting on us she's actually counting on us i just even can't believe but she is she's counting on just us uh and so we can't let her down and and this lent is, is the best time to really get into it yeah because he's he honors free will that's that's the way it works so if if there's nobody praying the other side wins yeah and be very careful of the spirit of sloth uh, I've, I've I've been feeling that lately myself. It's been nibbling at me, and you have to you have to really attack it. You have to cast it out and um, not let it come in. And during Lent, I imagine it'll be even more more so. Well, Rabel, thanks for being with us, and may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off.